and maybe a couple shots extra if I'm if I'm doing it that way. Yeah. This is how we know. Yeah, this is a, actually a hidden caffeine intervention. This is yeah. this is actually oh, this, this is it now. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> we're delving This is what up. makes an actor five, five yeah. espresso shots a day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm so extroverted and like to talk. I just I am just loads of coffee. Time. Yeah. <laughs> All this and more coming up. Roll the intro. Welcome, welcome. Sit back and relax. You're listening to Grafted. In this podcast. We talk to young professionals who are just starting out in their chosen careers and find out how much graft it will take to get to the top. By the way, graft just means proper bloody hard work. I said graft instead of grafting. Can we do it again? Hello and welcome to the first episode of Grafting. I'm Ross and I'm joined by my co-hosts Joe and Alex. Hello everybody. Yeah, alright everyone. Hope we're all well. This week we're also joined by professional actor Stefan Kent. He does theatre in London and he's performed in Twelfth Night, Much Ado About Nothing and Romeo and Juliet. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well today, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's good to be here, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, thanks for coming. What did you want to be when you were 10 years old, if you can remember? Ooh, when I was 10 years old. Uh, you know, I have really been performing my entire life. And so I think there's always been an element of that in in any age I was. I mean, there was a time when maybe I was a teenage boy. Uh, you know, my voice was changing and I was like, oh my God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into singing because that, it's awful right now. You know, it's awful for everybody. Um, but, you know, at, at 10 years old, I think I really did want to be a singer. I hadn't done too much acting at that point, but I had really been singing my whole life. And um, I'm really fortunate because my parents are both artists as well. And so that, oh. that kind of, I guess influenced me, but I also got the talent from them as well, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, that's the long story of me saying that I think at 10 years old, I wanted to be a, a professional singer. Yeah. All right. That's a great answer. Yeah, that was great. I love, I love how seriously you took That's great. No, more <laughs> yeah. of the same. We've kind of already spoke about it, but if you can explain to people who don't know that might be listening, what is it you do on kind of like an average day? So, uh, Obviously, currently, I'm in lockdown right now with the rest of England, but um, I am currently in the final year of my MFA in acting at East 15 Acting School, uh, Greater London. And so in a normal day, I would be doing coursework that either pertains skills or uh, rehearsals for a show. And currently, I'm working on my dissertation. So that's kind of taking up the bulk of my days. But on a normal acting day... Or like a regular uh, a regular day, let's say that I'm not particularly doing anything that's theater related. I still will do like physical warm ups, which are basically just workouts. Um, but it gets my body into a place where you know I can get ready for the day. I will do general rehearsals with my voice. So whether that be warming up, just kind of keeping the instrument in line, 
even if I'm not doing anything that's, you know, strictly, I am singing for something like a rehearsal or a performance or whatever. Every day I still try to uh, make sure that it's, it's keeping conditions so I don't lose any ground, which, which has been hard during lockdown, you know, to not really have something that you know that you are getting ready for. And so there have been a couple of days, I suppose, where I haven't done some of my, you know, normal routine, but I suppose that's everybody as well. Can you tell us yeah. a quick rundown of your journey into being a theatre actor and a singer? Condensed biography of Stephen Kent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it, Joe. I love it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, so when I was younger, I did grow up in a children's theatre conservatory program. And so that was kind of supplementary to my regular schooling and education when i was in high school i was still part of that um and i did so i did theater in high school at the school and then i did theater in the conservatory program uh going into university i i didn't really have a whole lot of options to audition for different uh colleges universities uh, just because of some financial situations so i kind of went with the one that i mean offered me scholarship and i got into and so i went to St. Mary's University of Minnesota. It's in Winona, Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota, uh, but I had never heard of Winona before uh, driving out there to audition. It's south of where I'm from. Um, right. Is it a long yeah, drive from where you live? It's, it was about three hours. Oh, um, so still quite daunting. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I went there. I, it wasn't quite what I had imagined it to be, but, you know, I got a lot out of the education. I pushed for a lot of the things that I wanted, such as um, I'm stage combat certified in both unarmed combat and uh, single sword, which is, is something that I really enjoy stage combat. Um, I did tons of courses in directing, acting, different things, but uh, my BA is in musical theater. And so after well, maybe maybe my senior year, I hadn't really been super into the the whole master's program thing. I wasn't sure that I wanted to do any more education quite yet, and it's it's very rare in the United States to have an actor who's just graduated from undergrad go straight into a master's. But uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do quite yet. I knew I wanted to be performing, but I wasn't sure if I was quite ready to just jump into. Uh, you know, the the acting world, per se. And so yeah. I auditioned for very few schools, but I knew about East 15 because an alumni of St. Mary's had, had done the same program that I'm doing. And, you know, it sounded like a lot of fun to me, something really kind of rigorous, which was what I was looking for in, in my acting training. And I had also spent uh, half of my junior year... Uh, trailing back a little bit, uh, in London, in central London, where I did a lot of uh, education in theater, and I saw a lot of shows. I performed in a show at the New Wimbledon Theater Studio. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good things, and it made me fall in love with the, the arts in the UK and kind of the, uh, the backing and the the love of them by the general populace. It felt like a, a more accepting community for a wide range of performers, uh, whether that be, you know, on the West End or, or just doing like regional fringe type theater. It felt like there was a lot of work happening that was good quality work. 
and it was supported. And so that kind of pushed me to apply to schools in the UK. And I applied to East 15 and I uh, got in there after being listed for a little bit. And now we're here. I'm about to graduate in July, I think, I think is the month I graduate. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping to stay here. That's kind of the plan. And uh, All right. looking at looking at agents and and different things, you know, as the world starts to open up a little bit more. Um, but I guess that's, that's how I'm sitting here right now in my bedroom in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds, that sounds really like quite mad. Cause I, I've, I feel like that that takes a lot of strength to do that because you left your home country to come to the capital city of England where theatre's got quite a a big home. So it's, it's I don't know if this is the right word, like it's quite a saturated market in London for like actors. So that, that took a lot. Like w- what was that kind of experience like moving away at first? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am really close to my immediate family i feel really fortunate to to have that and that support and they were really i mean they were excited for me they knew that this is what i wanted that you know i'd been talking about moving to london to pursue theater for a while and you know they were really excited i haven't seen them in over a year now because of the pandemic which has been hard but um Mm. i i think that's the the biggest kind of collision of my two worlds at the moment is that you know i can't see my family like at all really Um, yeah but i'm still pursuing what i want and so it's kind of finding that middle ground that i guess i haven't really found besides you know staying where i am but it it felt like a natural decision for me to move uh to a new country to to kind of start my life i ironically my family moved to Winona when I went to university just kind of uh by chance because my dad was unemployed at the moment uh when I auditioned for university and he got a job there so they ended up moving with me and uh so from the time yeah from the time I turned uh 23 23 yeah 23 I kind of had my family really close to me whether I was living in home or not and so this was kind of a not maybe not I didn't really need to get away from them that's not what I'm trying to say but uh just kind of that separation was I think it felt like a natural point for me to kind of you know separate myself from them start to become you know like a real adult Um, like kind of go out on your own path sort of thing yeah definitely yeah yeah just just hearing that for me sounds so scary like the, the yeah. thought of moving yeah, I was even moving sort of 20 minutes down the road for university for me was such a like daunting thing but moving sort of you know to a completely different country and it's so far away like how did you how did you deal with sort of that was it was it an issue for you sort of the anxiety of moving away you know a little bit i think I'm I'm really such an extroverted person yeah. that I like to be busy. I like new situations. Um, it 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 really helps me feel like I am in my element when I'm maybe unsure but able to problem solve at the same time. And yeah. so when I got here, it I had already lived here for six months or so. Um, <laughs> A couple years back and so it kind of just felt like i was coming home again i think if i hadn't had that uh that time spent living in central uh 
then it would have been very different for me to come back. And I, I of course, don't live in Central currently, but um, I think I think it was it was a nervous excitement, kind of like performing that I get. Uh, just just moving was something new, something needed, something I wanted. Um, yeah, like the excitement of yeah. sort of change and the idea that you're starting that next step kind of pushes yeah. past the the fear of it. What, what, in your opinion, do you think it takes to be an actor? Because you've just, you just mentioned that you kind of like, you thrive off like new, interesting and different situations. Do you think that that is like a necessity um, in an actor or is that just for you personally? Yeah, I think you need to be really open to new situations. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that's a big part of it. I don't know if you necessarily need to thrive on it. As actors, we're always working with, or not always, but most of the time, you're working with a new cast. You're working with new directors, new production team, whatever. You And you need to get used to how they function. Because uh, even if you're the star of the show, you're not you're not really the central part of what's going on. You're not the leader. You're not, you're not giving the instructions. It's, it's really more the director, the stage manager, um, the, the behind the scenes work who are in charge and everybody works so differently, uh, which is, which is what makes it fun to me to work with new people. Um, but you have to be ready to, you know, just kind of accept what's coming to you in terms of, new mindset and you adapt to it and you know sometimes it doesn't work i've worked with directors or people that you know we don't necessarily see eye to eye or it wasn't the best experience that i ever had but you know i still learned a lot from it i learned how to work with a new directing style i i i just think it's yeah it's imperative that you that you're at least open-minded to yeah new situations yeah yeah um, would, you, would you say it takes quite a lot of confidence? I think to a degree you need a good amount of confidence. I personally try to be a really confident person just, you know, in being, you know, authentically myself, trying to be really open as a person. And I mean, that's taken time and years and, you know, checking myself um, every now and then. But, you know, it's really just if you have a love for what you're doing with the acting and, you know, if you're able to put on a character and kind of become their their person and their characteristics in their life. You know, I don't think being successful or sorry, I should rephrase that. I don't think you you necessarily need to be completely confident to succeed as an actor. You just need to to find some confidence that you can put on the character, do your job, which is the acting, and then, you know, you can step away and be yourself and if that's less confident then that's okay um i think everybody's varying degrees of comfortable with themselves or with their their performing but it's it's really just if you can do the work and then step step away from it i think so you do theater a lot is that the end goal or would you potentially like to branch out into maybe like um tv or film or is or is it a different um is it just kind of a different feeling like being on the stage uh, so the acting styles are definitely different, um, just to, to put that out there right away. But um, I, I personally don't have a lot of film or television experience yet, and it's not something that I would, I would ever say no to uh, if, I were, if I were cast in something like that. I just don't have a ton of experience. I'm really 
I'm really pretty open to uh, doing whatever work comes my way. I, I'm happy to do it all. I am, I am really happy being on a stage, but I mean, I might be happy being behind a not behind in front of a camera, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I just don't really know yet. Um, yeah. And I'm doing some workshops and different things uh, in my drama school training right now. But I think my end goal is really just to be, you know, a su- successful enough that I'm doing acting work uh, consistently and I'm able to support myself to a reasonable amount. I really, I really just want to be a sustainable person who's able to live his life uh, and, and still and do the work that I enjoy doing. Um, and, you know, if that means working during the day in a retail job or something, um, that's not a big deal to me because I like working with people as well. Um, you know, I like technology. I've worked a lot of jobs uh, in back in the States where, you know, I was working with customers, uh, customer service specifically, or technology, IT, tech help. So those are things I enjoy too. So if it means that, you know, I'm working uh, a retail job during the day to kind of support myself a little bit more financially and then acting at night, that's totally fine with me as well. I just, I think I need to keep acting as a big part of my life and then I'm happy. I, it doesn't matter if I'm famous to be, uh, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah. So it's just like, it's like following your passion and yeah. hopefully live off it if possible. Definitely. I think that's the best way, though. Just do it for the sake of loving it. I think some people, like, they chase this dream down of, like, being successful. And then if it doesn't work out, they end up falling out of love with it. Whereas you're just sticking with acting and singing and everything just because you've got the love of the, you know, the love of the industry. This might touch on this idea of sort of expectations versus reality. Did you have any sort of expectations what it would be like to be a performer and, and going to drama school and making this leap into this industry before you got into it and how that reality of it is sort of comparing to those expectations? Oh, sure. That's a great question. Um, I think I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've talked about the, the conservatory program that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, you know, I was really instilled with the, the thought that it's not about getting to Broadway or whatever. If you're doing it for that, then you're in the wrong profession because, you know, it's not likely that you are going to make it that far. Um, You know, you just have to be realistic with the amount of people trying to do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of grew up not like a pessimistic viewpoint of the the profession. It's just a more realistic one. And I think when you have that instilled within you at a younger age, you can be a little bit more realistic about the profession. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as a back to my 10 year old self, I don't think I would have ever seen myself living in London, having, you know, a university degree and doing a master's and looking at living here. Uh, you know, that that's a wild thought to me. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it just, it just comes from doing what you love as we've talked about and, you know, being realistic that it, it is a very volatile field. Um, you can't hmm. guarantee anything. I think it's it's also uh, a place of privilege for me to speak about because I have a family that's really supportive. Um, and a lot of actors don't have that. And so that makes it hard as well when you don't have, you know, a close support system who, who really do care about you succeeding um, and being happy in what you want to be doing. Um, 
Yeah, so in, in terms of the expectations, I guess I kind of came here with with the expectation that, you know, I'm doing what I want to be doing in the moment. And, you know, I kind of take it as it comes. And, you know, I, I do plan for the future. And I've looked at different things like submitting for agents or or different casting calls just to get an idea of of what I'm looking for. But I think it's it's just best to kind of roll with the punches and 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 keep moving forward but uh just live in the moment with the career i think that's a really good attitude to have like you you pursued your dream without knowing or really caring if you're gonna like make it uh you just did it for the love of acting um which is quite admirable i think you touched on the uh the audition process for getting into um drama school yeah. What is that audition process like? Maybe you could just sort of talk us through it to people who kind of have no idea of what, what that is. Yeah, sure. So it was it was a little bit different for me because I was auditioning overseas and um, I didn't have the chance to, to fly over here or to fly to one of the countries that East 15 was doing a live audition for. So I submitted a video audition uh, and interview, which uh, consisted of doing a prepared monologue, two prepared monologues, actually. Uh, they were uh, contrasting. And what that is, is that you take like a chunk of text that is generally together in a script, um, right. a, lo- a long speech. And they're usually about 30 to 60 seconds. And you do that, uh, you do them back to back, but you choose two that are different in style, like a comedy and a drama monologue so that they can see you in a different range uh, of acting. Okay. And so then I answered some questions about who I was, uh, kind of why I wanted to go to drama school. Uh, it was very weird because I was talking to the camera only. I wasn't being interviewed by anybody but myself, um, which was kind of a weird experience. But, uh, you know, uh, talking about myself to myself. And, but the, the people who audition in person kind of have a similar experience. They just have people behind, you know, a desk, uh, taking notes instead of watching on camera, which I think there's a lot of benefit to being in person auditioning for something, which we've kind of unfortunately lost right now. All the auditions I've gone to lately have been over Zoom, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you really get a sense of who who the person is. Um, You can see their body language. Um, You know, you can get it's not a it's not a two dimensional thing that you're seeing. You're you're really getting the whole person. So, the, like I said, the process is very similar. You might have a uh, a dance call if you're doing like musical theater type audition, which is just like everybody in a room. You learn the dance. You do it in groups. Um, if you're doing musical, you would also sing a couple songs, which is something that I was looking into doing but uh, didn't end up doing. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, then you're interviewed by uh, some of the staff of the university, uh, the drama school, just to, either that's about your experience in the theater and acting or their their questions just about who you are as a person, um, which is something that I, uh, my senior year of university, I 
really struggled with kind of coming to terms with you know am i an open person am i am i really authentically myself because i had also been told that you know you're not going to get into a master's program if you don't know who you are as a person which i think is a reasonable statement more reasonable than being told that i would never get in uh (laughs) and so you know i kind of i really thought about who i was as a person and and I kind of, I mean, we're, we're always, you know, determining who we are, I think, from a day-to-day basis. But, um, yeah, I think that is something that I would pass on as well for people auditioning. Um, not that that was the question. But, you know, just just being relatively sure of who you are as a person and being genuine always goes a long way in any type of interview. Um, so after after, like, the interview section would conclude uh some schools might do a callback that might be the interview uh if you if they liked what you did in your audition then they want to talk to you but uh you might need to prepare something that they've uh kind of set out for you or you might have to do more monologues generally actors have uh many monologues memorized of that kind of 30 to 60 second range that you know you could pull out at any moment if if a director says oh you know we only asked you to prepare two but can you do a third at the audition? You want to be able to say yes. Because uh, if you say no, that that probably means that, you know, you were underprepared and they were looking to challenge you and they really liked you. But now that you weren't prepared, uh, you know, you kind of blew your chance with that. Uh, so it might be something like that. And then, you know, it concludes. And then you you play that lovely waiting game uh, <laughs> to get a decision. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I would say that's really... A, a very, very vague and generic uh, version of the audition process for uh, schooling or education. I know yeah. that you did kind of like touch upon it there, but one thing I wanted to just like go into it more. Do you have any like tips for like, you know, young actors, maybe like 17, 18 year olds, maybe just maybe going into college, university, maybe haven't gone to an audition or something like that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think about what I would have liked to know, have known um at that age i think really focusing on your voice um is is a big component that sometimes people forget about and you know i i've done a lot of voice work in in well voice training i should say not necessarily work (laughs) um but you know making sure that the instrument is is ready to perform like whether that be like a really solid warm up that you develop yourself or take from somebody something that you're used to that you know gets you warmed up um just making sure that like your face and everything is is ready for whatever you're doing um and when i say your face is ready i mean like uh massaging or like making sure that i mean the thing that helps produce your voice is is ready to work um i think that's something that would have really helped me even as a singer it's it's well even anybody who who speaks on a normal basis i think can really really look at how they're using their voice and determine if it's a healthy way if if they need more help um in conditioning it i think that's something that would have been super beneficial for me at 1718 that's a great tip fantastic and it's the sort of thing that you wouldn't stereotypically think about like me not you know, coming from that kind of background, I don't know about how the other two lads think, but that's something that I wouldn't have even thought about myself. 
as well it's interesting when you're talking about sort of trying to find out what kind of person you are while you're going through this this whole process that's like every single you know student and like young adult is sort of like battling to find out who they are but you're sort of pushed into like yeah you have time to find out but like hurry up (laughs) (laughs) for sure so i can't like imagine that would be that would be like super difficult to try and work out who you are at you know in your early 20s like that sounds ridiculous (laughs) have you ever faced a tough setback in your acting career so i was born with a uh it's called an arnold chiari brain malformation and so uh this is a birth defect and it's something that has affected me my entire life but i had decompression surgery when i was four years old i have a long scar on the back of my neck uh and you know for the most part i'm really pretty well functioning for somebody who who's had that malformation but you know i don't think without that or like without having to deal with that sort of thing um i would have necessarily pursued the arts as much um i can't do anything that's high contact with the back of my head or neck so i could never really play any sport as a young kid so my my parents put me into different things like dance or singing um and so i think it even as a kid uh having to deal with a setback kind of helped propel my career uh yeah i would never have known as a four-year-old that you know oh, you're going to uh, tap dance class, but, you know, that's really going to help you in 20 years when you're 24, which is right now, uh, you know? And uh, I think that's probably the biggest setback I've dealt with is is being somebody in the arts who is uh, dealing with medical issues. Like, I am overweight. Um, I've dealt with that as a result of the malformation and different things. I And, you know, I'm not the stereotypical... Um, you know, young, well, I, I mean, I am young, but like, you know, the stereotypical, like Tom Holland or whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah. which which I'm okay with. But I think that is probably the biggest setback that I've had to deal with as I've grown up being older, uh, besides the malformation. I, I think I have a lot of benefits uh, just inherently that are societal, like being a white male um, that, yeah. you know, I haven't dealt with any setbacks other than dealing with a, uh, weight as uh, as a roadblock. Have you ever worked with someone in your acting career that's been quite difficult to work with, whether that's like a director or just another actor? Within anything, you're going to find somebody that you don't necessarily uh, you know, connect well with, whether that be a director or a fellow actor. I've I've definitely worked on some productions and different things with people who you know, we don't see eye to eye necessarily. And I think that comes back to the fact that I am very fortunate to have a lot of professional training when I was younger. And so a lot of people don't uh, necessarily see it the same way as I do in terms of etiquette and rehearsals. Um, I guess this is kind of looking at an actor to actor perspective at this point. Um, But, you know, just it's, it's always fascinating, I guess, for me to step back after a production. And if I had a hard time with somebody, you know, kind of analyze why that was, you know, was it, was it my fault at some points for being a little bit too rigid about, you know, my own beliefs of how things should work? Or, you know, was it the fact that they were 
you know, a little bit undertrained or just didn't have the experience yet. Um, it's it's such an odd field to work in with that because you know people with without a lot of training can get really far. Um, but I think that it all comes back to treating people really well um, and and just treating people like you want to be treated on a regular basis. Uh, it's kind of a, a humanity thing, I think, yeah. that we should all look at. But, uh, you know, in this in this field, you're not going to get very far by by being awful to people um, or yeah. talking talking about other people behind behind backs because you know yeah. word travels uh as actors we're always talking people love drama so you know it, it's gonna get around and you know whether whether you really meant what you said or not uh it, it could come back to bite you and so i just think kindness uh generosity as a person are really really good good things to have so yes i've worked with people that have been difficult but again i think it's a learning experience that that helps me to grow as well okay. it sounds sort of like the acting equivalent of driving behind a learner driver you know you're in a rush but they're going like 30 miles an hour yeah. and you're like just come on but then you're like oh well i was a learner once so i'll just like creep back and let you have your space like kind oh, of great. kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> also it sounds very like Keanu Reeves as well like just being nice to everybody like as opposed yeah. to like being like a bit sort of dramatic and a bit over the top right so the, the yeah the gist of the tip just be more like Keanu Reeves yeah there, yeah, there we go there we go yeah Joe's just reworded it perfectly <laughs> sounds good to me yeah so I think uh, I, I'm just interested to know sort of what you think is next for you like let's look sort of post-pandemic post-lockdown well i would re- i'd really like to secure uh some employment of any kind uh, <laughs> i've really i've really struggled with well i've applied to like a good 500 jobs in the past year here um i have my i have my national insurance number now i have a, I have a killer cv with all my work experience you know uh, i'm not even getting called for interviews and so i would really 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 love to just sort of secure, um, you know, a way to live, and then as I graduate around that time, I I will be applying for the new graduate visa, which will allow me to uh, work here as an actor as well. So that's really mm-hmm. nice. Um, you know, I'll probably start looking at audition work and whatever, but I think at the moment I'm looking to be applying for agents talent agencies managers just so you know i'm getting seen by people who are doing the casting work in london uh Mm -hmm. or or at least you know getting the auditions for for projects that i would want to be working on and whether or not i get one of the one of those agents right away um you know i'm still going to be looking for any acting work i can i can do really um, which will be exciting for me because I haven't, like I said, really been able to do that because of the visa uh, requirements. I was just interested, you touched on, you know, sort of the fact that you wrote this like amazing CV. And I think maybe for sort of, you know, young people looking to 
make a like a CV and a resume of of things like that? What do you think are important aspects to include on that to you know stand out to an employer or a director or something like that? Sure. Um, so I do have two separate CVs. I have my my like kind of daytime job CV, and then I have my acting CV. Um, you know, I think I think the best thing that you can do with those types of documents are making them clean, readable. Um, nobody wants to read through more than one page. I've learned, um, and I've been—I mean, I've been told that too. But you know, it's a lot of effort to read multiple pages of, you know, countless numbers of applications coming in. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just finding the things that you feel really good about um, that you've done, like on my, my, my work CV, I, though I have the, the supervisory kind of management position I filled uh, when I was working retail, I do have, my other positions too, because I really like those. Um, and I learned a lot from them. I think really any work experience that, that you're able to get is, is valuable. And I think employers or, or directors uh, can appreciate that as well. Now, when you look at an acting CV, you don't want to see everybody's, um, you know, roles that they did 12, 15 years ago. I certainly have uh, weeded out a lot of the credits that I, I have accomplished for my acting CV. So I think, I think it, it kind of depends between the two, whereas the work one employers may want to see everything that you've done, but mm -hmm. uh, as a director or a casting agent, I, I can't imagine them wanting to see, you know, what you did when you were 10 years old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the final question, uh, we've we wanted to mix it up a bit. So we found a random question generator. And I think Joe should have one ready. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, to ask got you. It. Only the best. Only the best. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So, what is your worst habit? Oh, there's so many with lockdown. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I think I drink too much caffeine, um, which is going to make some people. Or, or would make some people who know me very well kind of chuckle because I know. Uh, I, I drink so much coffee. I love coffee. Um, I don't drink a whole lot of other things besides water. And so uh, my caffeine addictions are just as bad as somebody, you know, drinking energy drinks five times a day or whatever, or, or smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. I am just as, you know on par with the addiction level to coffee. So I think that's something that maybe post-lockdown, I'll be able to to check a little bit better that I'm not just sitting around the house, you know, eyeing the espresso machine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say that my worst habit is uh, caffeine. Oh, but on a morning though, if you haven't had a coffee, what's the point yeah. of even really like waking up that morning? Oh, oh, oh I agree with that. I, yeah. I will never <laughs> I'll never be able to cut it completely. Uh, <laughs> maybe cut back a little bit would be a yeah, there you positive go. step. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many reckon do you have in a day, do you think? Uh, <laughs> We're delving deep now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, let's go with espresso shot quantity. I would say I probably have four to five shots every day. Uh, and I got an espresso machine recently, which was 
maybe a mistake for cutting back because now I can, I can just go to it and hit it in and, and it gives me a fresh shot. And I'm like, well, I may as well have three since I'm here. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, yeah, I would say probably four to five uh, shots of espresso or uh, like one of those press pots or French press of coffee yeah. and, and maybe a couple of shots extra if I'm, if I'm doing it that way. Yeah. This is how we know. Yeah, this is a, actually a hidden caffeine intervention. This is yeah. this is actually oh, this, is, this is it now. Interview. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> we're delving This is what makes an actor five, five <laughs> espresso yeah. shots a day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm so extroverted and like to talk. I just I am just loads of coffee. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thanks a lot for coming. Uh, you've been our first guest. You've been great. Really interesting. Uh, and thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah. Good luck yeah, with everything been... in the future. Yeah, it's yeah, been great. Really interesting insight as well. Really interesting. A lot of things I wouldn't have even thought about. Thank yeah. you. I, I'm really, uh, really glad this worked out. Thanks for having me. It's no problem. Thanks for being here. <laughs>